Welcome to Ignite Your Confidence for women in leadership who want to speak up and stand out. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Here you'll get all of the tips and tools that you need to stand out with unshakable confidence. Let's jump in to today's episode. Here we are. My guest, Kimber, is here and we go way back. So without me getting into a lot of history, Kimber, let's hear about you because we want to put the spotlight on you. Well, thank you, Karen. It's so good to be with you. Thanks. I am a clinical psychologist licensed in the state of California. I consider myself a trauma healer. I'm kind of known as the regulator of the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tr- I have training in somatic experiencing, which is Dr. Peter Levine's um, modality. And I'm a recent podcaster. Um, Yes. As of March 16th of, I thought I was over this. And so that has been super fun. Um, kind of non-professional. I'm a mom of two teens, though. One is 19 and launched one's eighth grader. And I have been married for 25 years, almost. Wow. Yes. And I have the pleasure of working with my husband once a month. We co-lead a leadership um, executive team. So that's a little bit about me. Love it. Thanks, Kimber. Well, you're doing, first of all, I, I cannot, I cannot continue the conversation without acknowledging the brilliant name of your podcast. Can we start there? Why did you name it that? And what is your goal in serving the world through that podcast? Ah. Thank you. Well, the name came about really after about six months of thinking about names. I started thinking about a podcast maybe three years ago, six months, well, July actually of last year, I entered into this accelerator class and thought, I'm going to work on this. However, as a side note, I was finishing a manuscript. And at that end, at that time, right, that manuscript, I was at the end. So it was not fun. I was ready to put that to rest. And so as rewards, I could work on my podcast. So I just started thinking about themes, like what, what am I holding with my clients? And it just came to me one day with my business coach. She's like, what is a common thread with all these things that you have going? And I thought, I thought I was over this. That's the major complaint. (laughs) And I'm like, that's it. So it kind of felt like it just dropped, but I had been marinating in what should be the name for a while. Yeah. I, well, I think it's brilliant and it's very attractive. Like it's very magnetic. Like, Ooh, I want to hear more about this. (laughs) Thank you. Well, in my call, I feel like the calling in this is we all have an internal judge. Mm -hmm. We all have someone inside of us that's protecting us. That's like, be small. Don't get out of the, don't get out of the familiar, stay in your box. And I think that I thought I was over this as an invitation to welcome some of our old patterns, because sometimes it means we're getting out of the box. And so it's showing up in a new way because we have this new stress 
and we go back to old coping strategies. And so it's kind of an invitation to show up in a new way and expect those old patterns, people inside of you to show up. Oh, that's beautiful. I love the word invitation. That's Mm -hmm. so great. And it's not something we usually think of like, let's invite this in. I don't know that I really want to invite that in. Thank you very much. Yes. So So true. Well, I think it's fantastic what you're doing and you're so incredibly talented. And I have been fortunate to be a part of some of the experiences that you've created in groups and individual on some level too. I want to come back to, you're welcome. I want to come back to the, something that we talked about outside of this conversation is around your desire for people to take their seat at the table. Yes. And that's a huge passion for me too. And I want to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. You know, as you invited me to think about confidence, I feel like the biggest thing for me as I have become more confident is that I can listen more. I don't have to be big in the room. Uh I don't have to be an expert. And as a result, I have noticed how sometimes I didn't give everyone a seat at the table because of my own insecurity. I needed to take up more space than Mm -hmm. those who might have um, a shyer personality or not be quick to share. And so as I've grown, I have really realized that listening is such a gift and Mm -hmm. it's so people's stories are so beautiful And I'm at a loss when I don't invite everyone at the table. I miss out. Wow. Mm. That's so beautiful. And it's, it's so, to me, that is such an indicative or or what do you call it? The confidence piece of that. It's so true because I think that there's that level of insecurity when we feel like we need to be the smartest person in the room, or we have to keep commenting when it's like, oh, see me, see me. And I do think it, and it kind of stems from insecurity. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it comes across as arrogance, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good reminder of the balance because we've got to, like, you know, the work that I do is with women and the encouragement to make sure that we are speaking up and we are using our voice. But then there's also that balance where you've got to listen and ask the questions and be curious. Yes. It's, it really is fascinating. Absolutely. And for myself and my own self-awareness journey, what I know is when I go into a situation that I'm not familiar, I'm just meeting new people. My default is to show up big and to show up And that's my default. And it's like, I need to create space for other people because that's just like you said, stemming from insecurity. And for some, they ask more questions and be are hidden from that. So we all have this default when we're a little anxious about our new environment. Yes. That's such a good point of how we each have the ways that we hide or that we're comfortable. And in fact, for just, I don't know if you know this Kimber, but for anybody listening, it's April 7th, 2022 tomorrow, my first book is launching and I'm 
contributing. Wait, I'm a contributing author. Let's be clear here. It's not my own. My well, own hello. Comic, but hello. my first, and it's called Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight. Wow. There are 17 of us contributing authors, and we're all sharing our story of how we stepped into the spotlight. And I do think that it's so cool to think about, I mean, it was really cool for me to reflect on my story as well. And just inviting people in to go, what are the ways that you might be hiding? And I was even in a yoga class a couple of days ago and laying down flat on the floor on my stomach where everybody's laying down. And, you know, it's, it's weird if you, when you're laid down and you're supposed to put your head to one side. And usually the instructor says like everybody Yes. The right. Yes. But this woman said, turn your head any way you want and catch the eye of your neighbor, perhaps. And it even gives me goosebumps now because then she said something that was very fascinating. She just said, it's good sometimes to reflect. Is it harder to be seen or is it harder to see people? Wow. And I kind of went, oh my gosh, mind blowing. I had to post about that, of course. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it's, it's, I think it's a really interesting question to, for, for people to consider, like, what is, what is harder for me? Certainly it's being seen absolutely hundred percent. Yeah. What about you or what have you seen even in your clients? Yeah. Well, I think we have, we, we have a default that we go to, you know, one is we either feel very comfortable taking up space, but we have a hard time going in the background maybe because we didn't have a voice before and now we want to make sure that we're showing up big. But I would say in those situations, it's really the other side of the trauma coin. When you hide, you can go the opposite way and not give other people a chance to be seen. And it's not, you're not connecting in this very rich way, you're only just trying to react against not being seen. Mm. That's really powerful. What you just said about the, I feel like there's a few nuggets in there, what you just (laughs) said, but the part about the connection and how many people are going around living in the world, not connecting at a a deep level that we're all humanly capable of. And that feels Mm -hmm. so good when we do. Yes. It's It's so true. Yeah. I think even walking through the grocery store, there is something about recognizing I'm a human who can impact this environment by looking people in the eyes and just saying a friendly hello. Is that going to change their life? No, but in that moment, there is, you're not alone. I see you in this moment, picking out the lettuce. I see you. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's so powerful. Yeah. It's such, it's such a good example, isn't it? And for some people, it might even change their life or certainly impact their day because we're not used to people doing that. Yes. Remember, remember Crocodile Dundee? Do you remember that? Yes. Movie? Yes. Yeah. Good day. Good day. Like he's walking through the streets <laughs> of New York saying good day to everybody. <laughs> They're all looking at him like he's nuts, but he just seemed happier than a clam. And <laughs> totally. And I grew up in a small town where, I mean, you said hello to everyone. And I've lived in LA for lots of years since 1990. 
And it's very different. So there is a way that it can feel vulnerable to say hello, but I'm just owning, I think this is me getting into my confidence that I don't care how you respond to me. I could make you uncomfortable by saying hello. And I want to respect that. Mm. I want to respect that you don't need to say hello back, but I'm owning my space as a healer, as a, as a person who's connected. And I want you to know that I see you, whether that may, cause some people that's going to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't need a hello back. That's, that's so good. Well, that's a good segue because I want to talk about your confidence journey. Mm. I'd love to have you share when you felt like you really, if there was a moment or it was, if, if it was just general, but where do you feel like you stepped into your confidence? So it's, it is a complicated answer because I did grow up in a small town and the benefit And I had positive experiences. I felt very seen. And as a result, I had a lot of confidence. I was very successful academically, athletically. I played college basketball and I owned that. And I got a lot of accolades. So in the outside world, I was this confident human who could just you know, take, who took up space and who won awards and who was very performance-based, but inside I was suicidal inside. I was depressed inside did not match. I had this dream where this false self, like I was like a storefront, every person I interacted with, I could quickly change the storefront and but my true self was hidden back in a closet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went to therapy and felt delighted in and felt seen and worked through my own, like really harsh judge and learned how to be that then my confidence became congruent with the outside. Oh, (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. And now what I would say is I have the best friends in the world and I know they cheer me on, not for what I produce, not for the outcome, Mm -hmm. but for trying things out. Mm -hmm. And so I know even if I fall flat on my face, I'm still loved. And I carry around in my heart, warmth and goodness from so many people. I've been so blessed to be seen by lots of people and I feel like that's, yeah, for me, it was decreasing the harsh judge, increasing the support and really dealing with my depression and mental challenges. And would you say, because I know that there's probably a lot of people that can relate to that, the how you shifted, can you share more about that? You mentioned therapy and Mm -hmm. can you share, like, I'm assuming this was not an overnight thing. (laughs) So talk about a little bit about the process for anybody that might be feeling really overwhelmed right now. Yes. Well, let me just say it did not happen overnight. So it's not going to go away overnight. We all have different levels of chemical depression. We all come into this world with a genetic, you know, imprint, whether that's good, you don't have any in your family or it's challenging because you might. And, and I just encourage you to know that because genetics are real. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. However, with that said, you can, you aren't just your genetics. We have an environment and we can find support. So for me, it was years, years of decreasing that harsh judge. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I was very performance-based. I had a well-oiled internal judge and I literally had to start challenging the voice in my head. And initially I thought, if I don't have this harsh judge, I'm not going to meet the standards. In fact, if you would have told me in my twenties that I needed to decrease my harsh judge, I would be like, oh, you just can't meet up to my standards. (laughs) (laughs) I was so arrogant about this need, but it kept out all the good. I was only as good as my last success. It was only as good as my last success. Boy, I can definitely relate to that. I'm I'm laughing. I have to share this example. Yeah, please share. Please share. And by the way, for anybody listening, that is my cat in the background, and he really wants to go outside. But we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) stay stay focused here. It's not a baby that I'm unattending. (laughs) Every once in a while, somebody (laughs) thinks that. Um, so I can remember vividly because I had a really perfectionist mom and a critical father. So it was all about, just like you're saying the performance. And I so love that you brought up the part about the inside, not being congruent with the outside and definitely can relate to that. And I remember one time where, you know, I had this list of all the things I wanted in a man. Yeah, of course, you know, it was all, it was a huge list. And I remember thinking, I, I just, why does anybody think that I can't get that? Like I was so <laughs> set on this list. And I remember when I had been dating, now Chris is my now husband. <laughs> He's had so much patience, but I remember thinking maybe he'll rise to the challenge because there's still some things that he's not on, that he's not on this list. And it was when we were on a break or something, you know, the whole, like, are we on a break? Are we together? And I remember reading him the list and <laughs> he, he paused and- <laughs> said, well, I hope that you and Jesus are happy together. (laughs) What a great response. (laughs) I remember thinking, what? I, I truly, I love that you use the word arrogant because I wouldn't have thought of that at that. I just felt like, well, this is what I, and, but it's really true. It was this expectation. And then I laugh and I think about myself and all the flaws that I have. Why would I expect that this person is going to be perfect? And in fact, it was your husband that challenged me on something once during one of our therapy sessions. I love it. I want a man that's really connected with God. He's going to be the spiritual leader of our home. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Talking about all this, like connected with God. I remember Dennis saying to me, so how connected are you with God? <laughs> like, this is not about me. This is about him. <laughs> I love just cuts right there. I know, it's right there. So how about thinking, I would love to know what advice you would, well, no, I want to know the best advice you've ever been given. Hmm. Okay. The best advice I've ever been given came in the form of a statement. Ooh. Okay. I'm ready. You don't believe that you're enough when you just show up. Oh, say that one more time. You don't believe that you're enough when you just show up as you are. 
Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that in now. That's good. <laughs> wow. Can yeah. you share how that impacted you? That's really good. Well, it was from, um, my, I see, I consult with an analyst as a, like, she's a consultant, I guess, in helping me deepen my work with my clients, with, you know, connecting. And I, I didn't know this, but I was very anxious as a therapist. I mean, I had been practicing for decades by then when I hired her Yeah, and she was like, you're kind of only as good as your last good session, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like really, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And she was like, you, you really struggle to, to just have faith that however you show up is going to be enough. I mean, you have years of experience, you've done your own work and this isn't about getting it right. It's about being able to show it in the space as you are and put aside whatever standards, values, valuation that's going on. And so for me, I did not realize the pressure that I was putting on myself. I thought I was just trying to be a good therapist, right? You know, and just do the best that I could. And so I wanted input and accountability and where our work really took off was you're good enough right now. This, this is about me supporting you, finding your style, finding your way. This isn't about getting better. This is about having you live more into yourself. And it just was so relieving. And over time, we were able to put that judge away. And I didn't even realize that I had the judge in, in this context. I, I was confident. I thought I was confident in my ability, but she was picking up the ways that I was coming to her as in like, help me, help me. Um, so it was very, very powerful. Wow. That, that is, that is amazing. And I love that you use the word relieved because I think about how many of us are trying to be someone that we're not, or we're trying to please, or even if we've done a lot of work on ourselves, this, there's might be that little part of us that says, mm, I need to be this way in this situation, or oh, I can't really say that. No, nope, I better hold back. And then all of a sudden, yes, we're a different version of ourselves that isn't feeling like we can really be who we are. And then we're not serving anybody. Exactly. I mean, capacity, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you state it. Like it can be in just a moment. You've done all this work, but you're suddenly find yourself feeling vulnerable. And it may not even make any logical sense, but you suddenly notice, wow, I'm really holding back right now. And Mm. it's, it's like the state of mind. It can happen very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I hope that's also a relief for people listening that for many people that are (laughs) listening to my podcast, certainly are high achievers and think that it, it to not throw out, you know, the 20 plus years that you've worked on yourself because of one moment or one time where you go, ah, I thought I was over this. I thought I was over this. Yes. Yes. Amber, is there, could you tell us about, if you have an example that you'd be willing to share or something about a client situation where 
Somebody actually had those exact words since that's a theme. I thought I was over this. Is there any mm-hmm. example that you think would mm-hmm. be helpful? Well, I will say that there are a lot of my clients who have said that. <laughs> and, and it really is where you go back to your own, to the coping strategies. And I will say the pandemic, mm. I mean, this collectively and individually has brought out our old nervous systems mm-hmm. because there's so much unfamiliarity. I mean, you know, autopilot is not bad. We, we know, <laughs> auto, I mean, you know, it has goodness to it. We don't have to think about it. And the pandemic has thrown all of our autopilots out. Mm-hmm. And so we all deal with stress that, that was before not with us. Mm-hmm. And so many, many people had a, symptoms and had difficulties come up for myself, starting my podcast. To be fair, I started my podcast and met with a literary agent the same week. So I think they're kind of both tied together. Yeah. I am a fantastic sleeper. I have worked on my sleep. And this is in my podcast because I'm I'm doing the whole first season on sleep because oh, of my so own great. my own my own like where did this come from? Because I have had trouble sleeping oh, since no. starting. And and so the thought for me is I thought I was over this. I used to not sleep well at all. Again, when you're a high achiever, you got so many things. Adrenaline is your friend. But um wow, it is right back in the driver's seat. And it's not necessarily because I don't feel like I can do it. It's really about navigating the unfamiliarity and making decisions. Mm. Some of the decisions I have to make about my book, my manuscript, they're just, they're new, they're unfamiliar and there's no right answer. Mm. And so really trying to sit with me inside, do I want to go, the marketing route that everyone says you need to go, or is there another way? And that just takes time to discern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So in the in between time, I my sleep is suffering. <laughs> oh no. Uh, well, I I am just I have so many questions. That's so good. I what I want to do though, I want to make sure that we cover a couple of things before we wrap up. I would love to know, well, first of all, I, I need to acknowledge what you just said, because I think it's so interesting that you had no problem sleeping until recently, and then mm-hmm. things shifted. And I, I hope that's a comfort to people listening to know that mm-hmm. we have these patterns and sometimes a life event or something happens and it totally shifts us. Exactly. That's yeah. right. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. Yeah. That's, thank you for saying that. There's something more. Yes. That's what, (laughs) thank you. That's what needed to be said (laughs) so we can have, have grace on our situations. I'd love to have you think about a time where you didn't speak up, but you wish that you had. Yeah. I, a time for me was when I didn't speak up for a promotion. There was, my company had created a new job. And I didn't say that I wanted that job. I, I wanted to be invited. Uh My young self was like, well, I should be asked. (laughs) 
Right. Of course. Because you work hard. I work hard. Clearly they can see I would be great for this spot. (laughs) And I did not name it as I was insecure. It felt too vulnerable to go get invited. Instead, I kind of made it about, well, I'm not being seen and that, you know, there must be something I should find another job. I kind of like took it personally rather than took, I think, an adult route, a confident adult route, which would have been, hey, I would love this promotion. You know, what what do you think about it? Even if I would have received a no, I could have gotten valuable feedback. Yes. Yes. Boy, I'm connecting with that story for sure. Yeah. So interesting. Well, I I'm remembering when, is there anything you wanted to more you want no. to that? No, I'm, I'm thinking it. about when I was in a, in the corporate role and I was asked to be on the leadership team and I was so excited and president of the company. And I'm thinking, oh, this is so great. And everybody else in there was director or above. And I was a senior manager. Okay. And I remember saying to her very passively. So, Hey, I know everybody else's director or above. Is that something that we're going to look at? (laughs) And and she was completely restructuring the company and all this thing. So she didn't, she just said, oh yeah, yeah. We'll have to look at all of that. Mm -hmm. Well, then later I brought it up to the COO thinking, oh, well, I'll go to the source who, you know, he, he was not very helpful. Well, there's a lot of things that are involved in titles. I mean, it was just like, Oh, just yes. all this, like lame answers. And <laughs> anyhow, but I'm not blaming them. Right. But myself, because when then I got to my review, I expected I was going to have a promotion. Yes. And she didn't say anything. And it was, and I, and she said, you look disappointed, you know, what's going on. And I said, well, I thought that you, <laughs> I thought I'd be promoted. We talked about this. She looked so clueless. Like she just, she didn't even remember that that was oh, a fleeting conversation. And she said, oh my gosh. And then I had to take that and go. And I actually said to her after a few days had passed when I really thought about it. Yeah. I said, you know what I would have done differently? Similar to what you said, Kimber, I would have said, come to you and said, I want to be a director. What is it going to take for me to get there? What's getting in my way? And what's, I mean, how, how much clearer would that have been? Yes. So relieving. Yeah. So relieving. Yeah. And then, you know, you're not wondering, oh, I hope they pick me. Will they notice me? And it's, there's so much of this stuff that we just keep inside. So exactly. And it's like that internal chatter. Can you imagine what a gift for you? And for me, I spent months kind of ruminating about this. What a relief it would have been to go first. I know. And we have the power to do that. That's the other thing that kills us. We just have to do it. Well, is there anything, Kimber, that I haven't asked you yet that you would like to share? Um, I think we've kind of hinted at these things. I just want your the listeners, our audience listening to know it's a journey and confidence is, is multifaceted, complex, and just have fun with it. Just because you don't speak up doesn't mean that you don't have confidence. It just is a signal that something interfered with it in that moment. Oh, that's so good. That's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment right there because we can be so hard on ourselves Yes, and think something's wrong with us or, oh, I can't believe I did it again or I thought I was over. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> we keep coming back to that. Yes. It's so I'm, true. Yeah. So true. So the other thing I would say is, and I know you are a big fan of this. You got to get a, a support team. Yes. If you sure. want to do something unfamiliar and take a risk, you need cheerleaders, you need feedback done in love. I mean, you need a team. Yes. So 100%. get one. Yes. <laughs> However you can exactly. get one. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. Well, it's been so great to connect with you in this way, Kimber, really excited for you and your podcast and all that you're doing to serve the world. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for the background noise. More cats. Yeah, um, the cats. So how can we reach you? Well, before we go to me, I just want to say, I, I just want to give you a shout out. You, oh, I you. just love how you show up in the world. You are somebody who I experience as just having internalized that there's enough. There's enough success. There's enough room at the table. There's enough love to go around. And you are, your being is just so inviting for others to take up space. And I'm just honored to be a part of your podcast and to be with you. So thank oh, you. Kimber, that means so much. Thank you. Oh. Thank you so much. I really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, let's talk about, yeah. We're yeah. Ready. So, okay. So they, people can find me at drkimber.net. My podcast is called, I thought I was over this and I have a website for that. You can get to it through my main website, but I also have a, a separate, um, because I'm that way. And, um, and yeah, I thought I was over. This is on every major platform. Fabulous. That's great. So. And we'll have all the links of course, that are in the show notes. So great. can't wait to continue to hear how things are going for you. Thank you, Karen. It's Kimber. been great to be with you. And that's a wrap of another episode of Ignite Your Confidence. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Thank you so much for listening. If you love today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast faster, and it certainly helps me. If you're interested in more tips and tools around confidence, please join me over in my Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. Remember, you too can stand out with unshakable confidence. 